out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good afternoon. It is Saturday, January 14th. Glad to be with you today. It just seems like a whole lot of lying liars that lie are getting busted. They're just getting so busted all over the place. It's so insane. Um, it's like watching a car car crash, but it's it's funner because they're drowning in their own lies. And uh, watching lies get busted is actually one of the the few uh, virtuous joys that I can I can uh, partake upon in this in this life without it ca- being called a vice. It's also somewhere near Schadenfreude, but but yeah. Yeah, when the liars go down in flames, it makes me so happy. There's a big fat smile. Big big old cheeser right on my face. So happy. So so who's lying right now? Well, let's just begin with the White House. Typically a, a, a fountain. A fountain of lies. Um, so this was yesterday. The White House uh, and the source is Reclaim the Net. At this point, I'm considering them a news partner, whether they want to be or not. Uh, the White House's most brazen, entitled social media censorship demands a summary of the latest, sometimes expletive riddled revelations, and this is by Christina Moss. And so there's the um, <clears throat> the flagging of often true content, which I'll get to, but see here. There is a discovery in an ongoing lawsuit against the government for its alleged First Amendment violations. There, It has promote, been promoted to lawsuit land. All these happenings, these suppressions of American rights, it's not like we have to lay down and take it. There's things happening called lawsuits, which would precipitate, obviously. But, you know, if it wasn't obvious for some of the people who, who do call in, um, I just wanted to remark that I, uh, I attended Mike Tracy's uh, set this week here on Colin, and I, and I ran into a fellow by the name of Gator, who was formerly, formerly known as Iggy, who, who wants to defend uh, the propagation of misinformation and lies at, at, at an authoritative purpose. I don't know why. Maybe he works for like the government. He's got a very heavy British accent. You know, maybe he's getting some sort of you know, five eyes payoff. I don't know. I don't know anything about this guy. But he wants so badly to be treated as an expert on the network. And, you know, I, I listen to him, but it's really difficult to listen to him. Because he, he 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 packs he does what I call packing peanuts in the speech. He'll run down and kind of grind you down with loads of fast words, uh, thinking he's making a point. Uh, but in fact, he is unclear and and poorly intelligible uh, in thinking that he's making some kind of point. Some people can follow that pedantic jazz uh, as as an exercise. But but I won't, um, because I, I put it in a category of verbal abuse, actually. So um, if you run into somebody like that, just know that they're probably pulling some sort of tactical on you, and and they are trying to to. That's also known as a form of unsubtle browbeating. So um, just 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 notice it. I'm asking you to notice it when that happens. Um, you know, sometimes you'll find that the lawyers will do it when they're trying to, to make you 
you know, conform to their point. They're really not getting anywhere because they've lost you. They've lost the audience, probably uh, due to five minutes of, of overplay of their hand. All right, so New Civil Liberties Alliance has also a plaintiff in lawsuit, shared some of the documents obtained during discovery, a legal process here in the United States, flagging often true content. The documents show that the White House Director of Digital Strategy... Oh, this is important. This is super important. Um, before I get going here, let's see if my... Because uh, I also want to get to the Matt Taibbi beef with Ted Lieu. That is scintillating. I, I must say, I was shocked at, at the character of Matt Taibbi coming out of the gate. The bull is out, ladies and gentlemen. I have never seen this guy in this form. Rare. Rare Mad Taibbi. So, uh, before I get to it, I'll, I'll just I'll just blow through this because you, you have to know who this guy is. This is Dig White House Director of Digital Strategy, Strategy, Rob Flaherty, pressured Facebook to censor, quote-unquote, borderline content that did not necessarily violate the platform's COVID-19 misinformation policies, but could result in vaccine hesitancy, which nobody has any control over anyway. Let me, uh, let me just move this down. I'm just going to play this for you. All right. On March 21, Facebook caved to the pressure and it agreed to limit the spread of often true content that undermines people's confidence in vaccines by removing groups and pages that are disproportionately promoting sensationalized content. White House Director of Digital Strategy, Rob Flaherty, sent an email to Facebook with the subject line, You are hiding the ball. And in the email, Flaherty referenced an article by the Washington Post about research by Facebook on the driver's a vaccine hesitancy on its platform. Flaherty added the White House's COVID-19 response team, senior advisor Andy Slavitt, to the thread, saying, I don't think this is a misunderstanding. I think you guys, this is my Pinocchio voice, by the way. I, I've been asking you guys pretty directly over a series of conversations for a clear accounting of the biggest issues that you're seeing on your platform when it comes to vaccine hesitancy. And to the degree to which borderline content, as you define it, is playing a role. I've also been asking what actions you have been taking to mitigate it as part of your lockdown. Which is, in our conversation, was said to be in response to concerns over borderline content. In our one-to-one -one convo, you said, was not out of any kind of concern over borderline content, and in our third conversation never even came up. Let's move on. Liar. The executive whose name is redacted in the documents replied saying there was a misunderstanding. Flaherty replied that he had been asking pretty directly about how to, how much borderline content has been increasing vaccine, vaccine hesitancy, which I don't know how they're gauging this metric, and the steps the company is taking to reduce the spread of such content as if it's a virus. Flaherty noted that the Post report showed you have the data on the impact of borderline content but the company was taking him in circles when he asked for it. He added that the White House was gravely concerned that Facebook is a top driver of vaccine hesitancy and they wanted to know what Facebook is doing about it. 
and how the White House could help and con to confirm you're not playing a shell game with us. Are you, Slavin? Slavin wrote that Facebook appeared to be trying to quote-unquote, meet a minimum hurdle instead of trying to solve the problem of misinformation compared on other platforms. This, this, this job sucks. You also asked us about our levers for reducing virality of vaccine hesitancy content. I wonder what the meetings were like about vaccine hesitancy content. The Facebook staffer replied, as you know, in addition to removing vaccine and from misinformation, we have been focused on reducing the virality of content discouraging vaccines that does not contain actionable information. This often true content, which we allow at the post level because it is important for people to be able to discuss both their personal experiences and concerns about the vaccine, but it can be framed as a sensation alarmist or shocking. And this Flaherty character wanted, he demanded, like, pound the table and demanded a reduction in general skepticism. I don't know how he could control that. This guy, Andy Slavitt, a senior advisor on the White House COVID-19 response team, asked about misinformation on WhatsApp, a messaging service owned by Facebook parent company Meta. Facebook executive said WhatsApp already has forward limits and labels that reduce the viral spread of misinformation. The executive pointed to a change made in April 2020 that reduced the spread of repeatedly forwarded messages by 70%. Holy God! Wow! They had an AI that was cutting before you could even... Just intercepting people's messages on WhatsApp by 70%. That is unbelievable censorship. Unbelievable. I'm going to pay some more people. God. So uh, that's Policy of Truth instrumental playing in the background. So that's that's our top Policy of Truth. Good God, that was awful. So you can, you can read the entire thing. Um... It's in our links up here at the top. White House is most brazen, and it is, whoa, really brazen. So we have Miranda, Wanderer, and Alex with us. Welcome back to the program. Thank you for listening, of course. Okay, so a uh, few other things on the, the die today are this uh, this beef that Matt Taibbi had with Ted Lieu. That was stunning. So Matt Taibbi has been working extra hard at getting out this stuff about Russiagate, which I'm sure it wasn't a, you know, a pleasure cruise to trial through and, and put it up. But once he did, man, they started throwing garbage at this guy right and left, telling him what a what a right-wing hack he is, and blah, blah, blah. And this is Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi is not right-wing at all. At all. I mean, and this was covered, this has been covered exhaustively. This guy, and, and his history as a journalist, you know, can't just be erased overnight. People know about him. They read him. Do they expect him to just automatically just, you know, be spooked away from what they already know? And this is so dishonest. Okay, so I'm just going to read you what he said right here on Twitter. Congressman, I'm an American citizen. I love my country. And accusing me of repeating Kremlin talking points when I report something you find inconvenient is beyond reprehensible. You and your sleazy red-baiting pals in Congress should be ashamed. I'm like, 
wow, this is rare form, that tidy. So, and this is in response to Ted Lieu. Uh, this is the congressman uh, from California, Northern California. It doesn't say his district, even in his Twitter feed. What a, what a joke. Anyways, what Matt Taibbi leaves out is that this article he cites explains DOJ dropped two cases because discovery would give Russians information they could weaponize. Matt Taibbi now wants you to doubt the DOJ's case against 12 Russian agents. He's spewing Kremlin talking points. And then, you know, this is what he was saying in to say. What Ted Lieu leaves out is that the DOJ indicted 12 individuals they knew would never show up in court, but had to drop two related cases of companies that did fight back rather than go through discovery. So, yeah, there's there's something to this. So this this went back and forth, back and forth. And, and what Kremlin talking points are we talking about? This is that Twitter had zero evidence. Zero. Goose egg. None. Buckus. None. That were behind the release the memo story. Hashtag release the memo. Which you joined. Many others in repeating without evidence. God, that's defamation. So this is from talking points. Literally talking points memo. And he sends a screenshot says that gets out to an even bigger point today. DC's buzzing about the secret memo. Devin Nunes staffers wrote about a alleged FBI, CIA, anti-Trump wrongdoing during the 2016 campaign. Old, old business. <sighs> Very dusty. Um, he has made this classified memo available to all members of the House. He has refused to share it with the FBI. The organization accused of wrongdoing. He and the White House have worked to create a right-wing faux groundswell of demands to release the memo to the public. Russian intelligence-backed social media accounts have worked to amplify the release, the memo push. None of this was real. That is a completely, completely false claim. It was just ginned up. They just lied. <laughs> They're just lying lies that liars that lie. Okay. So I, I, this is going to continue because Ted Lieu is defending. He's de he's going. This is like a hill he wants to die on. I don't know why because it's really transparent that the Kremlin talking points thing is is not going to be a tool anymore. That that that's being taken away. That toy is being taken away. Nope, nope, nope. We're taking it away. So let's move on. You could go find that thread and just entertain yourself all afternoon if you wanted to. Okay, so on, on a higher note, um, there was the Nigerian, let me see here, Stella Emanuel, MD, who was the notorious, there is a cure for COVID. There is a cure for COVID. Well, she has been restored to Twitter. So that made my afternoon. Whatever you think of that woman, her delivery was pure joy. It totally... It totally put me in another in another place because her delivery was so funny and so caricatured during the uh, and there was there was something inherently optimistic about asking for a cure for COVID for one. There's nothing wrong for asking for a cure for a flu disease as a doctor, but they dragged her so badly, and so it it gives my heart sunlight and, and happiness that she's back on on, uh, on Twitter because all I did for like a week and a half just to 
to really annoy my spouse was run around and say, there is a cure for COVID. And he's like, shut up. Shut up, you're awful. You and your Nigerian accent. I know. But I'm glad she's back. Um, so the CDC also played uncle this week, and they did admit, they put out something in writing, that there is something wrong with the latest COVID vaccine. Just wanted to let that out. Um, let me go get the source on that one. The source is the CDC, by of course, so you can't treat it as misinformation, uh, you know, company minders, if the CDC puts it out. So maybe I'll just let the CDC be the source on that one. They did, they, it was thrown into the news. It was widely reported. There's something wrong with the vaccine. Go look it up. Because I'm not going to be the person who's going to get canceled for misinformation peddling when it's true. <laughs> I'll still get canceled anyway. Okay. So, to the hard stuff. Uh, okay, so this week there was a big move in Brazil to have these Kafka-esque orders from a Supreme Court justice by the name of de Moresh, And he... He has been putting out these secret, secreted orders to uh, pull completely deplatform anyone who has anything that he doesn't want said about anything. The government, you know, rival parties, anything. And the only way to know if he's done it is if you're yanked offline, and if you question it, you can't know who did it. So everything is completely secreted. Additionally, uh, this is being tried in other places as well, um, in uh, versions of this, and it's to control sp- specifically video platforms like YouTube and um, anything visual. So they tried to put an order, an aim and order at Rumble, but Rumble doesn't have an office in Brazil, so it's just going to fall on deaf, deaf. Go where, go nowhere, do nothing. As far as Rumble is concerned, uh, but the other platforms are being, you know, kind of terrorized and shaken within an inch of their life by this this uh, Brazilian Supreme Court justice saying, you know, you better conform to the order, or else, or else what? Um, they'll they'll cancel their business. They'll they'll take them off. And these are people who rely on video streaming as a, as a media denizen to to make a living. So. Uh, that that's important. Also, uh, the Swiss government seems to be making a move to put an identity gateway on viewing any content on video or gaming platforms in Switzerland. So there seems to be an identity credential now that is needed to enter into these um, into these video gaming platforms and for video viewing platforms. So you can't get in without showing uh, a government identity article appropriated for, for the internet or the web, which is brand new. I didn't know that this was happening, but this is going on in Switzerland, and that broke like yesterday as well. I, they showed it online on my um, Privacy Spider Twitter feed. So I'm going to follow up on that story as well. So that's the hardest news that I think I have. Um, in terms of 
you know, the global scale of censorship that's that's going on out there. That's kind of coming down from some of the ESG. Also, I wanted to point to a Netflix documentary, not documentary. It's a it's a net Netflix fictionalized um, scenario drama, but it felt like a documentary to me because I'm like, oh, this is I can see this totally happening. And the name of it is Big Bug. It's a French film, uh, and you could kind of modify your settings so that the relay is in English if you if that's your speak, primary language. Um, but it has all the you know the the people in the film are eating crickets uh, as as like snacks. They are uh, trapped inside of their house by a rogue uh, authoritarian AI. Uh, they have to get special codes and check in with the AI government if they want to operate their air conditioning based on environmental standards requirements. Um, you know, and it, there's a lot of things that are in that that are just, there's a, there's a kid with who had his um, uh, brain chip installed in his head. So, I mean, it's, it's all there and in that film, Big Bug which is on Netflix right now. So if you are somebody who's following the Great Reset cache of things, um, that would be a good one to go look at. So would anybody like to jump up and, and participate in speech, speaking about any of this? Any of the lying liars that lie? Hello? <laughs> okay. So, um, I just also wanted to say that a couple other notes here on uh, CCP repression because there seems to be a link. <clears throat> the FBI is putting out an ad, ad campaign warning Chinese Americans of CCP repression efforts in the United States. So this is government communication, you know, outgoing. The FBI has done a lot of bad things lately, but not everything they do is terrible. Um, the FBI is placing targeted ads asking members of the Chinese-American community to come forward if they have been victimized by China's communist regime while living in the United States. In a pair of Mandarin language paid advertisements posted on Facebook, the FBI asked those who have been the victims of various crimes to report their stories to the authorities. Attention, the ads say, have you been a victim of any of the following crimes? And the crimes listed in the ads include cyber stalking, cyber harassment, physical harassment, assault, extortion, blackmail, and harassment through the Chinese social media app WeChat. So if, you, if so, you may be a victim of transnational repression by the Chinese government. And the ads have been running since December 28th of 2022 and predominantly focus on 25 to 44-year-old individuals in the greater Philadelphia area. Okay. So I guess they're, they're trying to just circulate that there. I think they should try a little bit more on the, the left coast, maybe San Francisco, Seattle. I think it's, you know, their magic's working over there a little bit harder. <clears throat> also, DeSantis is seeking to ban China-based entities from purchasing Florida property. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is now considering to move move to ban Chinese entity, entities from purchasing property in the state because of the economic and security risks posed by the China communist regime. If you look at the Chinese Communist Party, they've been very active throughout the Western Hemisphere and gobbling up land 
and investing in different things, DeSantis said during a press conference on January 10th. And, you know, they, when they have interests that are, oppo- that are opposed to ours, and you've seen how they've wielded their authority, it's not in the best interest of Florida to have the Chinese Communist Party owning farmland, owning land close to mil- military bases. So the remarks follow warnings from security experts and lawmakers that the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, which rules China as a single-party state, is seeking to purchase strategic parcels of land throughout the United States from which it can conduct espionage and otherwise sabotage U.S. national security interests. So there's a lot of discussion going on uh, in the international community. If they buy up your land, if they buy up your roads, if they're doing Belt and Road in your backyard, then they're going to have some kind of <sighs> stakeholder claim in the government. Because often the real estate, uh, <clears throat> the real estate packs are some of the most powerful in the United States. I am sure that's probably true in other governments as well. So, um, would anybody like to jump up here and give a talk, say a few things before we get out of here? So we got Gregor. Sorry, not in front of the wire. I'll be on Gregor's show later at. Three. I think I made the commitment. I made sure it was today. Um, anybody else? How about you, Mace? I'm gonna pang burn that guy. I'm gonna go ahead and invite him to speak. I gotta talk to somebody before I get out of here. Okay. It doesn't look like I've got any takers. So with that, I'm gonna go been a short one so <laughs> I, I encourage you don't necessarily trust when the government is speaking because they they routinely use lies to lies and suppression lately as of lately they're not very trustworthy and this guy Tim Flaherty wow that's stunning unbelievable 70% of the traffic from WhatsApp was just intercepted by the federal government because they thought it might be discouraging about the vaccine. Unbelievable. All right. With that, I'm going to go. Thanks for joining the Unsanctioned Citizen podcast. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives at Substack. Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.